Hey, uh, hey, uh, Veronica. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, we're gonna ha- have to delay the show a bit. Um, oh. uh, John isn't ready yet. Um, well, you're John. I'm. I'm actually uh, John from ten years ago who time traveled here to let you know that he's still setting up his microphone. He'll he'll be just a second. Okay. We we can just chat. Uh, I, hey, uh, you know it, it sure is a bummer that that MCU thing never worked out. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, I, where I'm standing from in, in 2011, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, they had a big hit with Iron Man, and the Hulk movie was a little fun, but then they made Iron Man 2, woof, and mm. Thor, uh, kind of bad, so I, I imagine it all just kind of uh, went away after that, right? Uh, I I don't know what to tell you, but the MCU is actually the most successful franchise like ever, maybe outside of Star Wars. Really? Even even after those? Wow. They even made like a Wars Thor movie afterwards and kept chugging along after. That's insane. Wow. Well, you know what? I, I'm glad for them. I'm glad it worked out. Uh, you know, the future sounds pretty good. Yeah, nothing else is bad in the future. Sounds great. Toot toot. <laughs> so I knew it was my day to come up with an intro. And it the first one I had was I was going to pretend that I I was a scientist and I'd run over a, a a sexy a sexy person in the desert and we're dating. It it felt like you needed to see the movie recently to get it. And the, our intros are not great. Hey, our intros are <laughs> As good as the rest of our podcast. <laughs> no, I love our intros. I love how goofy they are. That's well, I'm glad. Part of I... our goofy charm. <laughs> Whose goofy charm would that be? It would be the goofy charm of one John Burchat. And perhaps one Veronica Yurovsky. That's me. Why did I say perhaps as if you're not always... <laughs> I think sometimes you have a different type of charm. That's true. Exactly. You're 50% goofy charm, 50% silly charm. And like a hidden 0.1% Daffy Duck charm. Oh, hold on. That's the wrong one. Is it Daffy Duck? No. Donald Duck. Or Pluto? (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe I messed up my Disney characters. Oh, right. Well... (laughs) Well, it's not like Silly is a a, a Disney character. This is well, this Thor episode going guess. great. There is Dopey, <laughs> and Thor's a Disney property. I mean, yes. We're talking as... about Thor today. <laughs> I guess it wasn't at the time, but the time that movie was made. But yes, it is. Surely is now. <laughs> You're right. In 2010, Thor was 
not a Disney property. Um, it is now on very much on Disney Plus, very much Disney about. But uh, we're talking about 20, uh, 2011's Thor, because this is Box Office Time Machine, the show where we talk about the number one hits of the box office, yes. either recent or in the past. Want to know how far back 2011 was? I want to read you a quote from one of the actors. <laughs> this this is from the Wikipedia. This is a quote from uh, the actor who plays uh, Fandral. I'm sure you remember that character. Which one is he? Which he is the one, one is he? like the Errol Flynn sword guy. Oh, uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he said, in, in while doing a promotional tour for this movie, uh, the character would like to think of himself as a Flanderer. He would like to think of himself, I was saying, as the R. Kelly of Asgard. <laughs> Certainly, a quote that you wouldn't hear an actor say in 2021. I I would. <laughs> I feel like even in 2011, this quote was problematic. This he was, was maybe a little uh, uh, behind the times on that one. Yeah, this is like, where are you from, man? <laughs> All right. The R. Kelly of Asgard. Good job. <laughs> well, that's, that's just one of the amazing characters in the movie Thor. Veronica, what's your history with this movie? Uh, it's non-existent. I've never seen Thor in the non-Avengers movie. Oh, no, that's not true. I've seen Ragnarok, which I enjoyed quite a bit. But mm. I have not seen the first Thor nor the second one, which, as I alluded to, I hear is worse. Yeah, I I saw this one. I did not see this one in the theater. So remember, the reviews were only, like, so-so. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't see either Iron Man 2 or uh, this Thor. I saw it a few years later. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, then I remember, I remember seeing Thor: The Dark World, but only because uh, my roommate and I. Uh, the only thing I remember is that my roommate and I uh, watched a bit torrent, like a torrented version, and the version did not have subtitles, including all the like ten minutes of screen time where the elf character is talking in an elf language, and we're like, "Wow, this is a really <laughs> artsy choice of them to make." <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah thor your first time seeing it are you rushing out to see thor the dark world after this no but i will say that you guys scared me last week you and justin about it being bad and it wasn't that bad i had a fun time i didn't like hate it or anything i thought it was you know probably like middle tier marvel for me like i didn't hate it at all i certainly didn't hate it i will say this i when the movie started i was like you know what this is flawed but i'm having a good time I, this is fun as the movie continued the flaws uh, grew and grew and i was very bored by the end of the movie but i will say for the first 45 minutes i was having a good time i think that's sort of marvelitis for me <laughs> uh they usually have fun setups because they're more character centric uh and you kind of enjoy living in the universe and in the setup but then by the end that you have to go like full like cg battles and those are kind of boring to me especially considering that there are no stakes because none <laughs> of these characters can die 
So I don't know. So I, I feel like, yeah, I've had kind of a similar experience with this one as I do with all of them, even like Ragnarok, which I enjoyed quite a bit in the beginning. By the end of it, it was like, OK, so they're going to be fighting now for a while and I will stop caring. Yeah, there was some more fun style in uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I think for sure. Thor Ragnarok is maybe the first Thor movie where they actually allowed the rainbow bridge to clearly be rainbow. Yeah, I did not understand the mythology around all any of that stuff, to be honest. So, Which sucks, because they spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> no, I mean, it seemed like they set up a ton of stuff, but I still had questions about Asgard. For example, who are the other people? Are they all gods? <laughs> I, I was because uh, there's in the beginning of the movie there's a scene where Thor comes out victorious and yeah. is greeted by hordes of people as guardians, but it's said also in the beginning that Asgard is the planet of the gods. Are they all gods? Why is Thor a better god than all of these gods? I think they are only called gods by by humans. I think they're just as guardians that have magic powers. And they go to Earth to like you know bang. So, so do well. The- they do like they have a line once, which is like a nice. It's it's just like one rewrite away from being a very efficient bit of bit of world building when they're talking about going to uh, the ice place. And I think R. Kelly says um, <laughs> says this won't be easy. This won't be like when we take a quick jaunt down to Earth to be worshipped as gods. Oh yeah, that's and true. it's like. It's like if that line was just slightly more organic and actually like something someone would say, then yeah, that's a nice bit of world building there. Very efficient, serving two purposes. Right. On the other hand, though, if that is true, then why is Thor so thoroughly confused when he comes to Earth? It seems like it was his first time there. I don't know. That was like, it seemed like he was... So yeah. if they make these jaunts occasionally, it seemed like he would be better prepared for it when he does do it. Well, I miss that line, though, so I yeah. don't know. <laughs> the poorly defined contrast between Earth and, um, uh, oh my god, Asgard, uh, which sounds crazy because one is a magical place and one is the cheapest looking small town that you could have in a movie that I think has three buildings in it. It was so tiny. It it was weird. It felt like a set that they built. It felt like a real set that they built in a real setting. Like the whole town was fake. Yeah, it felt like a fake town you'd go through on like a studio backlot tour. Right, exactly. But but anyway, I mean, the one thing I really changed my mind about rewatching this movie for the first time in, I don't know, eight years maybe is um, I used to think of this movie as a very, like, the last time Marvel tried something really kind of brave and bold and it kind of didn't work. Like, or the last time they tried something and they didn't anymore because it didn't work. Like, this was, oh, Thor was when they tried to do Shakespeare in space. And what a kind of fun, (sighs) bold idea that is. And unfortunately, it didn't work. So now all their movies kind of had the same exact tone. Um, but watching it now, mm-hmm. I actually feel like modern Marvel movies are much more courageous with how they handle tone because it didn't really feel like Shakespeare in space. And like, I feel like if they made this movie now, 
Mm-hmm. It would just be Shakespeare in space, a hard, like, we're in this fantasy world, where here they keep kind of hedging bets. The first time you see it is, I I have to imagine that cold open is not scripted to be the cold, was not originally scripted to be the cold open of the movie. Oh, really? What do you think was there before? Or, I mean, I, like, imagine how much better the movie would be if it started in Asgard. If we didn't have this stupid, don't worry, guys, Earth is coming, uh, cold open, that's just characters driving around. If that had, if oh, that had been chronological. Oh, I totally forgot that that happened. I thought. Because it's useless. <laughs> I mean, the scene's important, but it would be so much better if we were just in high fantasy. We're in, we're only in high fantasy. We're in this magical world. Then Thor gets banished, and that's the first time we see Earth. So we at that point we've we've been living in high fantasy for you know I think it should be shorter probably like fifteen minutes or something. The main movie I kept thinking of that does this movie better is another Disney movie, Enchanted. Oh yeah, that movie is great. Yeah, but you and you would really see the fish out of water and it would land better. Yeah, well, I th- and I think at times in the Asgard things, it feels like we're doing like Shakespeare in space and we're talking like high fantasy. Um, There's like one scene between Anthony Hopkins and Tom Hiddleston where they reveal Loki's backstory, which like they're, they're both going for broke. Like this is like a Shakespearean tragedy Mm -hmm. and you could see how that tone really would have worked. But a lot of the other scenes, they're just talking like naturalistically. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, obviously, like, on land, they don't really talk like Shakespeare at all. So it's sort of... Yeah. It's like... (laughs) I mean, you look at a movie like Enchanted, and you have that first scene. It starts purely in Disney animated world. All the characters are as Disney animated as you can be. So Mm -hmm. then it feels very... The contrast is so clear when they get to New York. And in this movie, it's like... You start on Earth, then you go back to the fantasy world, and it's like, it's kind of vague about how different, like, while there's magic, just like the tonal feels a little different right. than, um, than on Earth. It feels like it kind of goes back and forth. And then when they come here, it just, he doesn't do Asgard stuff. Like, it forgets that it's a fish out of wa- water movie halfway through. Right. And it also just. I think it goes for jokes when it's on land a lot, too. So, like, the tone is not entirely clear. Uh, Even of Thor as a character. Like, how does he talk? Because sometimes he talks in that Shakespearean way, and sometimes he doesn't. And it doesn't entirely, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think it's entirely consistent. And, yeah, so I think at first when I started watching this, I thought to myself, is it even Shakespearean? Because you guys referenced that, and I've definitely read that in relation to this movie. But I didn't really get that vibe until, I guess, maybe like towards the end in Asgard. But otherwise, yeah, it just felt like this guy kind of talks a little bit like more, you know, (laughs) in in that sort of like way that you would talk in a historic epic. And then he kind of drops it. Yeah, I I think if they had made the Asgard scenes a little shorter, especially up top, then they could have really gone for broke with them, like really make it feel like high fantasy. So then, like, then you really feel the contrast more. And Mm -hmm. it's just, 
you know, in Enchanted, I keep, I, I kept thinking about Enchanted. <laughs> it's it's been a great an Enchanted movie. episode, an but unsung like, classic. Amy Adams' character continues doing new, great, you know, Disney princess things. Like now she's cleaning with animal friends. Now she's singing a song, but like. Midway through this movie, Thor stops doing any, like, because he's lost his powers, his difference from everyone else is just not that apparent. Yeah, exactly. There's not a ton of, you know, him adjusting to this world. There's not a whole lot of that. There was a lot more of that in, I think it was Mrs. Mar- Mrs. Marvel. <laughs> the marvelous Marvel? Mrs. Marvel. The marvelous, uh, <laughs> the marvelous Mrs. Marvel. <laughs> you know, she when gets she gets dumped by the scrolls, so she becomes <laughs> a stand-up. But she like goes to 90s America mm. and there's a ton of these jokes. I mean, almost too many jokes. But you know, that's kind of what you would see, I feel like, if you wanted to show that a character is kind of a fish out of water. But yeah. He's not dressed, like, immediately he puts on, like, very sexy jeans. Immediately. He seems to, like, be able to fool Coulson for a little bit. I don't know how much Coulson is just, like, letting him sort of think that he's fooling him or not. But that whole scene was the oddest scene to me in the movie, with the interrogation scene uh, that Coulson has. That comes after what I think was the oddest thing, was the... Like the clear MCU doesn't know how to do the world building thing with Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, that was so weird. I was so shocked that he was in that movie and only for a scene. This is the thing that like they hadn't realized yet, and people still fuck this up. When you do a, a one of these cinematic universes, you can introduce people. You just have to find an organic way for them to be introduced, and having Hawkeye sit in the rafters choosing not to do anything or interact with the other characters in any way that's not an organic way to introduce a character i mean it's not as bad as like batman v superman let's watch a series of movie trailers in the middle of this movie but it's still very awkward well i and this might be more of just a filmmaking thing i did not grasp where hawkeye was in relation to thor because it seemed like thor was in this tent like trying to pull the the hammer that I cannot pronounce, but I it was not clear where a <laughs> Hawkeye was, so it almost felt like he wasn't part of the scene initially, and then they uh thought, oh well, the Avengers is coming up and Hawkeye is gonna be there. People are gonna be confused if this is the first time they see him, so we might like as well like film a little bit of a thing with him in this movie. Maybe that's why <laughs> they just get reaction shots. No, I, I, I don't think that's the case. If only because I found the geography unclear in a lot of the sequences. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the first time I really noticed it is when they go to the ice place. That's the one I can't remember. I can't pronounce Jodenheim. Maybe. Um, they go to the the ice place and uh, they're fighting. And Thor is being a, a, a real dick and fighting all the ice people. And his friends are trying to escape, but they're being chased by a giant ice monster. Mm-hmm. And the ice monster pops up to eat them. And they all get a reaction shot as if they're right next to the ice monster, including mm-hmm. Thor. Even though he's about 200 yards away and then has to fly <laughs> to them. And, and there's just like a lot of weird shot. 
part of it was the constant Dutch angles. I know. Oh my god. There's so, I my letterbox review was just like looks like there was a fire sale at the Dutch angle store. <laughs> every <laughs> every freaking scene, especially on Earth, starts with a Dutch angle. Every the establishing shot is a Dutch angle. This is not I don't know. It's almost, you know, when you learn a new- Earthish. <laughs> well, I've not seen that. I don't know if we'll ever get to on this podcast, but I Well, it, it definitely it, wasn't number one at the box office. Yeah, so. Exactly. But it just felt like, you know, how you learn a new skill and then they tell you you gotta practice. You gotta like use it as much as you can. So <laughs> maybe Kenneth Brana just discovered Dutch ankles and just put them everywhere. I don't know. It was so it was never it never felt organic to have it. I don't I, I don't know why they chose to have it. I bet there's some interview where he's like it's like how comic books panels look sometimes. Like it's dynamic. But like the weirdest thing is the first time you really see it is in that dumb cold open. Yeah. And um, they're driving around the desert. It's uh, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Natalie Portman, and Kat Dennings. And they're driving around. And um, Natalie Portman and Stellan Skarsgård are freaking out. They're looking for some storm. And each one of, each of the, their shots is in a decanted angle. Over there, over there. No, over there, over there. And then we cut to Kat Dennings, their college intern, who goes, <laughs> uh, can I change the radio station or something? And hers is completely flat. And it feels like a joke, like they're in a silly parody of an action scene and -hmm. then she's in the real world. But then we keep their shots for the rest of the movie. Right. And also, if that is the sort of the any, I guess like any sort of underline or, you know, emphasis that you could get with a Dutch angle kind of goes out the window when every fucking shot is a Dutch angle. I I just, I mean, what is the use of it if not in my, I don't know, I, I guess like outside of using it for comic books, it's used usually to disorient and are we supposed to be disoriented the whole movie? Are we, is any specific character supposed to feel disoriented? I guess Thor, but we never see it from his perspective. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just such a weird tick this movie had that I could not wrap my head around. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing that um, I'm trying. Oh, no, I lost it. I'm trying to find this. this oh, here we go. Um. It's it's this weird thing that like yeah the Earth scenes are all a shot like that as are the Asgardian ones. I found this quote on the Wikipedia from uh, Brenna. Um, We've tried to find a way to f- make a virtue and a celebration of the distinction between the worlds that exist in the film, but absolutely make them live in the same world. It's about finding the framing style, the color palette, finding the texture and the amount of camera movement that helps celebrate and express the differences and the distinctions in those worlds. If it succeeds, it'll mark this film as different. And <laughs> it feels like he's saying two different things there. He's saying <laughs> we're trying to find the differences but we're also trying to make them live in the same world. And I think that's the problem. Other than one's entirely CGI, the contrast isn't clear enough. And I think that's where this movie lives the best, when it is more comedic. Yeah. Because I think it's the actors are clearly up to the Shakespearean stuff, but I don't think the script is with them. The script does not feel like Shakespeare. It feels like lesser Game of Thrones, mostly, when it's in Asgard. (laughs) 
But, like, the actors can all do it. But the script is funny. And there's yeah. a bunch of little things. There is a subtle joke that made me laugh so hard where um, <laughs> Thor finds out where his hammer Mjolnir, I can pronounce it, wow. uh, where it is. A guy goes, I don't know, it's like, you know, 40 miles west. And Thor walks outside and in a wide shot, we see him looking up at the sun, figuring out which direction west is and just <laughs> walking in that direction. And, like, stuff like that's really funny. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What what were you going to say about the Coulson scene? Oh, I was just going to say that it felt weird. It felt like that would not be a scene between a man who's been dropped from a different planet recently and the very accomplished secret agent. It just felt like, yeah, it was just a nothing scene, to be honest. And then he gets bailed by Stellan Skarsgård by pretending to be a drunk scientist, but that's not... I mean, that was obviously not how Thor was behaving in that interview room. How would you believe that? Unless it was sort of like a long thing where he was letting him do it, maybe, but it was not clear at the time, and so that scene felt super weird to me. Well, in in the MCU at this point, I, I guess the idea is that they don't... Well, I think when they were making this movie... They didn't really know that, like, aliens and stuff exist yet, although now Captain Marvel has come out and that takes place in the 90s, so whatever. But <laughs> I think when they made this movie, the idea is that Coulson does just think he's, like, uh, uh, like a, um, some kind of private mercenary guy. But, yeah, the scene where he allows Stellan Skarsgård to take him out seems to only be there so that they can get a reference to the fact that in um, the comic books for a while... Thor used Donald Blake, a doctor, as his secret identity. Because there was a while when he had a secret identity. (laughs) And so there's a scene in this where Stellan Skarsgård says that Thor is actually his friend, a doctor. But that scene is super weird. And Coulson, yeah, clearly knows they're lying and says, follow them. But that, I don't think that ever comes up, that they're following him. No, yeah. Yeah, it was just, I don't know. It just felt very weird and sort of. I guess you had to have a scene where he gets busted, but why not have a more interesting scene of him trying to escape somehow or something? I don't know. Just why? It seemed like a very, like, deus ex machina kind of thing where, like, we have to get him out of there because he has to, you know. <laughs> the third act has to start. So, you know, so... but Or I guess it was, like, kind of in the middle of the second act. But anyway, it's just... So they had to do it, but it was kind of boring. It's just yeah, it's. I think there is a simpler movie here. Certainly, a simpler, a little more, um, maybe a little more cliche in its its plotting. But that would probably be more fun. Where yeah, it's like a short short sequences of Asgard. Basically, just Enchanted. Just make fucking Enchanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one of my least favorite part of the movie. Sure. <laughs> it's not the cold uh, open. It is not. It is not. Because my guess is still that they move those scenes around in post. So whatever. My least favorite part of the movie is I, I complimented that one line about uh, going to Earth earlier for efficient, uh, uh, some efficient storytelling and mm-hmm. screenwriting. Um, the worst, <laughs> laziest bit of uh, world building and screenwriting that I saw is um, when they go back to Natalie Portman's office and they've just picked up Thor. I think they, they, they've run him over for a second time. 
funny joke. Comedy <laughs> in the movie does work. Um, but they bring him back. He's a, a shirtless. They talk about how hot he is. And then she gives him a shirt to wear. Oh, yeah. And he puts it on, and it has a name tag. And he says, what's this? What's this? And she's like, oh, it's a sticker name tag that she pulls off the shirt. She goes, oh, this was my ex's shirt. And she gives her backstory that she's she was had a breakup recently. Yeah. Great. I get that you want to get that Natalie Portman's character has had a breakup recently. But why the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> why... It's fine that she's in possession of of her ex's shirt. He left something at her house. Fine. Why is there still a sticker name tag on it? Yeah, That's why was so... there ever a sticker? Were they in a like a party or a happy hour mixer or something where they needed a sticker? <laughs> well, it's a, I think they're doctor scrubs or something. Like was it? I say, thought it was just a I'm sweatshirt. Doctor something or other. But it was just a normal like Hanes t-shirt, I think. Or but like you I could mean, have done anything. Brand. Like she gives him here, this shirt will fit you. Ah, yes, this shirt will fit me well. It must be very baggy on you, maiden, or whatever. Oh, it's my ex's. You know, fucking whatever. But like, also, oh. the idea that she is recovering from a breakup is never referenced Irrelevant. again. Because the movie should have been about them. Yeah. The movie should be about them and their relationship. Oh, here, here's the thing. She puts on a shirt and he's like, ah, who are these queens of the Stone Age? I must meet them. <laughs> and she's like, that's ah, a band. It's my ex's favorite band. Yeah, um, something. But some- again, they don't need an ex. And the- I will say I want to compliment this movie by saying that I actually did enjoy their relationship quite a bit. And normally, I think the Marvel sort of love stuff doesn't really work that well for me. But I thought this one was pretty good. Maybe because both actors are pretty solid. Uh, but I really like their chemistry and I really like that relationship. But yeah, the movie the movie should just be about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ends as like a romantic tragedy. That they're separated. That that's the big ending. Is that he sacrifices getting to see her. Which is like... Since we haven't spent that much time on their relationship, like, yeah, you know, if I meet a woman for a couple days, we kiss once, and then the road breaks and I can't see her again, I might be pretty bummed if she seemed cool. (laughs) I don't think they do enough. We don't spend enough time on them to really build up their relationship. Right. And I think it's because we spend so much time, so much time on some, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, which is important for the mcu and so much time in asgard which i think is where probably brenna's uh real interests were right but all of that stuff could have be could have been uh simplified what here's a question for you at what point did loki's plan begin and end I don't know. I'm not even entirely sure what his plan was <laughs> cuz it seemed like it, his plan was retroactively justified by him finding out that he was actually the son of the Iceman. But I don't... It doesn't really make sense before then. I guess he just wanted to banish Thor, but it seems like he wants to also kill him. But, yeah, I, I guess, like, I'm not sure if his plan entirely makes sense if he doesn't know from the beginning that, unless he's entirely evil, 
which I think in the net, like the following movies, we showed that he is not. He's more yeah. of sort of a mischief kind of guy. And so I just, it doesn't make sense for him to be that cruel to Thor to begin with. Uh, and then I guess it's semi-justified by him finding out that he's like half frozen, but he doesn't know that at the beginning. He's half frozen. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, what? I just like, I'm not, I mean, yeah, I'm not entirely sure that I really understood what his plan was. Well, I, I guess Loki being half giant that's from norse mythology and i'm only saying that because i played like the god of war game recently (laughs) but like (laughs) but i think i think that's why that's there but as a like a character beat if you like i feel like if you look at his character arc it's the movie starts he's already trying to betray thor and by extension odin so -hmm. he's already doing that he does it he gets his brother banished forever Right. Uh, and then he finds out more reasons to be angry at Asgard. Like, he's already doing that. Right. It doesn't change anything. Yeah, exactly. But it also, I don't, it's not clear in the beginning why he does it. Other, just, I don't know. I mean, as a person who has not, you know, played video games ahead of time to prepare for this movie. It just... <laughs> I, I get the concept of sort of a sibling rivalry or whatever, but I don't know that we were shown enough for him to, I guess, I don't know, be that much into banishing Thor, you know? Like, in the beginning of the movie, I guess. It feels like if if that reveal had come to him at a lower place, like, that could be the thing that pushes him over the edge, but he right. already seems to be over the edge. Like, exactly. I, the movie, we get to the ending, I'm like, was his plan, did he want to kill his dad? Because then also he doesn't seem to, like, his dad just, not that he died, he goes into Odin's sleep. I'm not, that that part wasn't in God of Thor. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> and I'm fine with them not explaining it. Like, that's the kind of thing, like, I'm fine. It's a thing in this world. Odin goes into Odin's sleep, which is kind <laughs> of like he's dead. He's not really dead, but it's kind of like he's dead. I'm totally fine with them leaving it there. But, like, I'm just not clear, like, was Loki's plan for that to happen? Did he want that? Because he he gets very evil by the end very quickly when he seemed... I He doesn't seem nuanced as much as he seems confused, Um, which, which... is not a is a problem that happens sometimes in in Marvel properties. I'm looking at you, the Flag Smashers. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's character. from the the show, the, the TV Captain. show. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I've not seen that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it just yeah. I I don't think this movie had a compelling villain. Which is kind of a bummer, considering that, yeah, having someone like Loki be uh, a villain is actually quite interesting because he has the history and it's, you know, it's not just, you know, a CG monster kind of thing. It's actually like someone you have, you know, a history, a connection with and like having a brother turn on a brother. It's very loaded. But I just it didn't feel... Like, it made sense for that character as we knew it in the way that they, you know, wrote the movie, I guess. So I'm trying to think, like, tonally. Like, if you were making a movie that was 
a character from a Shakespearean tragedy magically comes to the real world. You'd probably play the Shakespeare stuff for laughs, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I and mean, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if the issue was just that they wanted to take the Asgard stuff more seriously, but still do a fish out of water comedy. And those two goals kind of fight each other. But do they a fish out of water? I mean, a Shakespearean actor being stuck in a normal world is already a fish out of water. Yeah, I feel like I, they could have played it up. Yeah, when I say like I'm okay, if every scene in Asgard had been as good as the the I mean, we're saying the plot point was irrelevant, but as good as the <laughs> scene where Odin and Loki just yell at each other. Right. If if every scene had been on that level, then Thor ends up on Earth. Tonally, would it have felt weird? If I was just like, those characters exist in the same world as Errol Flynn, R. Kelly guy. Yeah. It seems like... I think it's just... Yeah. It seems like Thor was not really Shakespearean in the way that they depicted him at all. Like, even on Asgard. I mean, he might have spoken in that way, but his behavior is not sort of... I'm sure certain Shakespearean characters mm -hmm. might have asked, acted that way. I'm not an expert, but it's not like my uh, sort of impression of what that character would be. So they kind of played him as like a cocky guy. And so he was a cocky guy, you know, talking in high English on planet... As Asgard and then he was kind mm -hmm. of a cocky guy doing the same thing there it was just that people were confused about it you know on earth and they weren't but otherwise it was kind of the same thing I don't think that his character maybe if his character was more Shakespearean to begin with more of a type it would have worked I guess yeah I guess the issue is that Asgard isn't doesn't feel consistent right yeah. So the difference the difference isn't as clear as we want it to be because we don't have a firm grasp. I mean, like you have, um, boy, the whole Thor franchise. What a waste of Id Idris Elba. Oh yeah, I. That's almost. I mean, it's not as bad as Jeremy Renner, but it it also <laughs> felt like why i assume he has a bigger role because he doesn't really have a big role in the avengers either so does he have a bigger role in the other movie he is on the his role in all the uh, thor movies i feel is about as equal to this size i really? do feel like they turn down the voice distortion whatever either effects they have on his voice or direction that he's getting makes him sound asleep the whole movie <laughs> and it's just so boring <laughs> yeah it was not worthy of his talents it was kind of disappointing that that's all they did he had some cool one-liners i guess a little bit but yeah it's kind of a disappointment that you hire such a good actor and that's all you have him do and kind of especially you know with like racially with most of your characters and actors being <laughs> white just having like a well-known black actor and that all he does is like open and close a gate <laughs> it's well, kind of a bummer 
One racial thing I noticed. Um, uh, this is one of our older movies. So we, uh, in all of our older movies, we usually do a our famous segment, ooh, that would not fly today. Yes. I really just have one line. <laughs> what is it? So when um, Thor's buddies, when Thor's uh, uh, fighting group, uh, including R. Kelly, um, <laughs> so it's all of his like fantasy friends come from Asgard to help him out. A shield agent sees them coming, and set and radios in. He goes, um, he goes. They go. Is the Renfair in town? Uh, you better call it in. Hey, uh, Chief. It looks like Xena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood just got to town. <laughs> One of those things is different. <laughs> One of those things is very different from the other two. Yeah, that was also because. I think the actor was Japanese. <laughs> I I think he spoke with a Japanese accent. So, <laughs> like, I mean, not not that this is like the thing. Like, they should have used a Japanese stereotype, but rather like even the movie itself. You know who you hired. I don't know. It just it it's worse. It's somehow even worse. Which is like two fifth. They don't. There are four characters. They didn't need to mention that character if they couldn't think of some fairy tale character to compare him to. But just saying, like, hey, we've got Xena, Robin Hood, and a man of Asian descent coming into town. Like, it just felt very weird. Yeah, just call him Arthur or some shit. Like, it doesn't need. Arthur? You know, like from the sword and the stone, like I don't know, some other oh, okay. fantasy character. Why does it need to be an Asian fantasy character? It can, like, I mean, what is Xena? Is Xena does well, Xena have like a race? I mean, maybe I don't yeah. know, but like, it's a fictional. Part thing. of the problem, part of the problem is I don't know what that character's deal is. Like, yeah, Robin Hood, he he's lo- dressed like Errol Flynn, okay, and then Xena is uh, Lady Sith. I feel like, like they're all dressed princess. like Errol Flynn, though. They all are. <laughs> so you could have said well, two Robin Hoods and Xena walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, okay, how about this? We got two Robin Hoods, Xena, and Tall Gimli just came into town. Tall Gimli is, he had a, a Jonathan Reese Davis vibe. So I, I, <laughs> I definitely I got that. Yeah, I don't know. But another that actually, that guy raised a question in my mind so why is he the only one with an accent in asgard like he seems to be the only person with an accent in the movie like in that on that planet so do they have accents there do they not all have consistent accents this is not to say they shouldn't have hired like they should have if anything had a more diverse cast it's more of just like I was curious about the sort of the ethno demographics of Asgard. Well, there's no consistency in Asgard. I mean, if like just you have, you know, you have uh, Idris Elba's doing like a pure fantasy character. Right. You have Anthony Hopkins and um, Tom Hiddleston doing Shakespearean drama. Yeah, King um, Lear. Rene Russo has a scene. Oh my god, what a waste. What a waste. She has two well, like, scenes, and one of them she swings a sword and then gets punched. That's all she does. <laughs> well, don't worry, she has more to do in the next movie. She dies. Aw, that's Spoilers. Not... Is Natalie Portman in the next movie? She is in the next one, yes. Okay. And apparently she will be back for Thor 4. 
Oh, nice. I I I did enjoy her quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked her too. I think I, there are parts of this movie that I really enjoyed. I think they clearly though learned how to do Thor better. Um, you know, they realized that Shakespeare in space was not working. I think they didn't really try it, but they learned instead, Shakespeare let's just do magic frat boy, which is very fun yeah, and works. And Chris Hemsworth is really good at playing that. So, you know, they kind of like yeah. found his niche, which is good. All the cast does better. Like the more comedic it got, the better. I don't, it took them three movies to do it. It's amazing to think what like mediocre films would have made a great third movie if they got three tries to do it yeah (laughs) if they could basically just be a loss leader for other movies if all movies were allowed to that what movie would you like to see a trilogy just to give them two more tries wow you're really putting me on the spot any any well maybe any other movie we've watched in this podcast i mean mortal kombat i guess (laughs) Well, yeah, by the third movie, they'll get to that tournament. Yeah. Oh, no, it's going to take three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing they definitely improved on in this movie, in later Thor movies, is this is the only movie in the Thor series uh, where they attempted to dye Chris Hemsworth's hair, beard, and eyebrows blonde. Is that true? I thought he kind of looked the same. I guess maybe it wasn't. Oh attention. no! Look, look at pictures of him in this movie and real life and the later movies. He looks so stupid. With it's particularly it's the eyebrows that are so terrible because mm. they are like the exact same color of his skin. So he looks in all the wide shots like he doesn't have eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that that's how he looks in all the movies. I don't see <laughs> no most. He's of got them. fine eyebrows in the other movie, and all not right. fine as in fine and thin uh that's um it's almost as bad as it's not as bad but it's almost as bad as uh rachel vice's eyebrows in the first mummy movie oh god i don't remember that at all they tried to give her 1920s clara bow eyebrows and it looks terrible oh god (laughs) but both both of those cases are similar because both of them they by the sequel were like we're not doing that again that was a mistake um, listeners, I'll give you a second to Google images of both those things. Um, Thor one eyebrows, mummy one eyebrows. Google them both. You're going to have a good time. Well, funny you should mention that if I may use a segue. But Please. I believe our next movie is going to be The Mummy Returns. No, really? Yeah. I think so. All right. Is that next week? Uh, that is next week, I believe. Uh, yeah, our other options, hold on. Is anything opening next week that we think will be? That's a good question. I don't think so. I'm looking on Box Office Mojo now. Uh, let us see. (laughs) I guess we've decided our conversation about Thor is done. (laughs) Well, I guess now that it's spun into a different conversation, I guess we could watch Wrath of Man. With, oh, uh, is that the new Guy Ritchie movie? It's Jason Statham is in it. I don't think is Guy Ritchie Guy involved. Ritchie. I think so. Oh, that would be fun. I guess that could be fun. If it's number one of the box office, so uh, Wrath of Man is Guy Ritchie. Ooh. Um, but sorry, um, I I I did not mean to distract us from. No, no, I think. Yeah, I. They, I feel like we've been very negative on. Um, uh, on Thor, it 
it was a little worse than I remembered because I remember not disliking it as much as other people did. It's it's a lot of wasted potential. It's a lot of missed opportunities. But I will say it has um, an, a, a line that made me laugh really hard. <laughs> it was unintentional. But at the end of the movie, um, uh, Odin says to Thor, uh, you will be a good king. And Thor says to Odin, there will never be a wiser king than you or a better father. <laughs> hey, Thor, what evidence do you have of that? <laughs> Odin's got two sons. One of them started a war. The other one tried to commit genocide and maybe tried to murder him. Odin's not doing well on the father front. Yeah. And we don't know how sage he is because he's clearly a bad judge of character. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I will. I You know what? I will be positive. I, as mentioned early on, I thought this was not as bad as people make it out to be, which I know is fame praise. But as I was watching it, I had a good time. I thought the comedy for the most part worked. The relationship with Natalie Portman worked really well. I really like Stellan Skarsgård. I hope he's back. I don't know if he's back, but it, it, it was kind of a missed opportunity, in my opinion, to have a Swedish dude who knows the myths. I know they have him like pull out the book and show the hammer and stuff, but I feel like there could have been a ton more that they could have done with that. Just someone who knows the myths and maybe like can predict like what he would do because of like a children's book or something. Maybe that could be like a fun thing to do. Uh, I think there is a much better movie that is maybe about 20% less Asgard and all that time goes to Earth and goes to the relationships of those characters and more fun of an alien prince, an arrogant alien prince with extreme strength wandering around a small uh, uh, southwestern town causing shit. Like, yeah. more fun could be had there. And less Dutch angles. <laughs> less Dutch angles. Let's do a grade. You ready? All right. Three. Two, Two, one, one. B minus. B minus. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's where we were going. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, if you don't have much to do on a day, this is not a bad use of your time. If you need an amazing movie to watch, maybe watch a different movie. But you know, that you know, there are worse MCU movies. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, there so. <laughs> are definitely much better MCU movies, though. So there yeah. are much better Thor MCU movies. Yes. Yeah. Watch Ragnarok. You know, I don't as someone who's only seen Ragnarok in the Thor oeuvre, it definitely, you know, is understandable and holds up without having seen the others. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. John. So have you Veronica. seen anything recently that you would want to talk about and recommend to our listener. Oh, God. I actually did watch a lot of movies because I, I was going to an Oscar party as if it mattered. I was like, let me watch a bunch of the movies as if it mattered at all. Uh, let me let me get out the old letterbox so I can remember. Um, I saw Nomadland. Hey. I thought it was great. Yes, I love that um, movie. Yep, thought it was very good. I also saw Another Round, which I thought was equally great i loved them both i thought they were both really good um and i also saw the animated shorts with you yeah those were uh middling, disappointing i will say yeah <laughs> 
Um, uh, one I truly, truly hated, and I guessed correctly that it would win. Yes, I mean, you know, you you bring a gun to a knife fight, <laughs> kind of <laughs> literally with that movie. Uh, yeah, that was. I think there was. Opera was the most interesting mm. movie out of the ones that were nominated. And unfortunately, Dad did not win. And if anything mm. happens, I love you. The one that we're referencing. Yeah, if anything happens, I love you is... Um, I, I Someone someone was... Was it Evan? Uh, some friend of mine was saying he really... He really... Uh, it really got to him. It got him. Got some tears. I... You know, something that's that sentimental and it either hits you or it doesn't. And right. it really did not hit us. Um, uh, uh, we were not the intended target, unlike that dumb shot girl. <laughs> oh, zing? <laughs> Question it's the, mark? It's the kind of movie that tackles school shootings so poorly that it makes me want to make a bunch of tasteless school shooting jokes, which I won't. Because they're not funny, but that movie just sucked. Yeah, I, yeah, it was, I, I sort of, I get why people would be emotional by it, because you sometimes you can't even help it. But it's, yeah, I feel like that movie was very emotionally manipulative, because it was sort of, everything about it was building up to that shooting, in a, in a way that you kind of felt the filmmakers were thinking, oh my God, this is how we get them. This is how we get them. They know, they won't know what hits them. They won't know what hits them. And I don't know. like that girl. <laughs> oh God, okay. <laughs> but like that's thing, it's like, it's, to me, it's like, yeah, it can, it can uh, uh, get you, but it is manipulative. It's like, yeah. if I, you know, uh, uh, filmed like an adorable child for 30 seconds playing in a sandbox and then I just put up a title card that was like that child got run over by a car five minutes later like you'd be like oh sad that doesn't make it an effective movie it makes right. it very stupid yeah exactly I mean and this short was only slightly better than what you just described uh mine was better my, my <laughs> idea was better <laughs> well, uh, I have seen uh, The Adventures of Prince Ahmed. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's considered to be the second animated feature ever. Uh, so it's from 1930-something. Uh, let me double check. I watched Gertie the Dinosaur, and then I was like, I'm done with animation. It's peaked. <laughs> <laughs> it's from 1926, and it's all done with these stop motion uh, cutouts. So you're only seeing silhouettes. Oh, it's like shadow puppetry, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, it literally just cut out. So it's not hands or anything. Right, like right, that. right, right. But, right. but it, it has that same look. Yes, exactly. And it's very well done. It's very interesting. It's sort of based on, uh, it's German, but it doesn't matter because it's silent. <laughs> Uh, and uh, but you can tell you can, I mean they're they're title cards in German <laughs> uh, but it incorporates the 1001 night mm -hmm. stories so there's Aladdin and uh, there's another character whose name I forget like some priestess genie uh, well yeah genie is there too no there's like the switch and there are some princesses and all that stuff uh, but it's very cool to see. It's so interesting to see how clear the language of animation was even at that point. Uh, it, so, yeah, it was 
it was pretty cool to see. Uh, and another thing, I I watched this miniseries called Our Boys. So I don't know if that counts, but it's on HBO Max. It's about uh, a true story of how, I guess, like six years ago, uh, these three Israeli kids got kidnapped by the Hamas. And then as retaliation, these Orthodox Jews decided to kidnap an innocent Palestinian boy as revenge. And it's sort of the aftermath of that. And it follows both the family of the Palestinian kid, the Orthodox kids, and the secret uh, police that is there to hunt them down. Uh, and it's really, really good. Like, uh, there's no... There's no, like, unlike that school shooting movie, there's no, like, clear-cut anything. I mean, the or like the guys who kidnapped the kid are clearly the villains, but even the way that they're depicted is in, like, such a nuanced way. And especially the actors playing the parents uh, of the Palestinian kid who dies are so phenomenal. Um, I would recommend... It's super heavy. It's... It's like 10 episodes. It doesn't sound like a laugh riot. No, it's not a laugh riot, but I think it's definitely a rewarding journey because I think they, not an Orthodox Jew myself, I would say they do depict that, like sort of the eccentricities of that culture and the way they communicate amongst themselves and how they rationalize their, their behavior in kind of very interesting ways that are not normally depicted. Uh, you know, anywhere really. Uh, so I would recommend that if you need like something heavy. <laughs> <laughs> if you desperately need. <laughs> if you want like, you know, like a nuanced portrayal of like real things that are terrible in the world. <laughs> Watch if anything happens, I think you should leave. <laughs> of course, yes. About a couple of parents and their fighting shadows that sometimes represent good memories and sometimes represent bad memories. And a very big table that very bigly represents their big distance between each other, bigly. Mm. Beautiful art. Oscars did it again. Perfect <laughs> choice. All right. <laughs> um, great. So next week, we will either have a Guy Ritchie movie or The Mummy Returns. So either way, saying. Rachel Weisz's eyebrows will look great. Yes, because she is perfect and can do no wrong. <laughs> Agreed. Yay. Toot toot. Toot toot. Toot toot.